man, Corey, guess what? What? So, do you listen to terrestrial radio? No. Oh, uh, I I'm in a rental. Uh-huh. And my my phone won't connect every uh, time yeah, I turn. Yeah. Okay, so it connects. I have to do a whole thing. So I've been driving around a good bit with just some terrestrial radio. Sure. On. And there is a station that I knew from past days that I've listened to on my way here, so I could bring some like cock rock to the podcast, you yeah. know. And that's when I'm like ACDC or you know ZZ Top, yeah, some yeah, scum yeah. rock or whatever. And I'm a big fan of scum rock. Do not get me wrong. But this station that normally plays that has really said so must have a new station manager. Mm. A new programmer or something because they have doubled down, and so now their little their little promos that they do between songs and shit that's just balls to the wall. Uh-huh. Or they say things like, "Are you tired of those those gender uh, those gender free bathrooms?" What? Like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. They're just like going straight for it. And one of the things they say, yeah, everything's just like, "Is there not? Is there too much est- estrogen in your fucking house?" I mean, they don't say fucking because they can't, but. They're just like, get your balls out, you know? <laughs> and so one of the things that they've said recently is, and it caught my ear, was booby trap is party boob spelt backwards. That is literally a promo on their station. And then they immediately start just playing like, <laughs> I just need you to know that. What's up, ding-dongs? This is Terrestrial Radio. (laughs) So I feel like we need some real just like balls-to-the-wall music right here in this intro so we can try to compete. Balls-to-the-wall? Whoa. I'll find something for you. <laughs> Some testosterone. Yeah, that's what the world is lacking right now is yeah. the influence of men. Yeah. I mean, it literally is like, if you don't got a dick, don't be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so interested that they feel comfortable shutting out 50% or so of the population. But Turn okay. the radio off yeah. right your, now. Get your ass without a dick out of here. <laughs> Oh, this is the, the, we got the dick jar out today at Side Talks. This is the Side Talks podcast. We're making, uh, we're making Sidewalk proud. I'm Corey Craft. <laughs> I'm Rachel Morgan. And in case you didn't know, booby trap is party boob spelt backwards. <laughs> what a ridiculous I thing mean, to I mean, I was like, how is that even relevant to anything? <laughs> it's just not even relevant to anything. Sidewalk home video. Sidewalk home video. Home video. Man, sit your ass down. Love it. Okay, little little sidewalk home video. That's right. I've gone off the rails. This isn't Stars Hollow video. What are we doing? I'm I'm a drill, right? This isn't this isn't a serial mom. I my friend Chase uh-huh. brought me a VHS. He he does he knows about my VHS collection and he goes around and takes a look at different thrift stores and he'll bring me little gifts, bring me and um, my fiance, my fiance gifts. My fiance. And one of the things he recently brought, I was incredibly excited about. Okay. And it was the real world movie. Do what? Yes, the real world movie from 2002, and the packaging was like the lost season. Vancouver, huh. see what happens. And my first thought was just kind of what you're doing, which is, when the hell happened? What, what went off the rails? And I've known people who worked on The Real World and who, uh-huh. who, who were there as camera operators and producers. And I can tell you that there there's plenty of opportunity for a lost season. 
I, I've never heard of this. what happened. You have to tell me I'm what about happened. To tell you, so I get excited because I'm thinking. Okay. You know, I've heard again. I've heard all the war stories, and there's certainly plenty of opportunity, especially when what was happening and it's about. I don't know, midway through the production of The Real World is that there were like local TV stations or local radio stations that were taking it upon themselves to make it kind of go after the show. Like, we're going to show up and crash The Real World, you know, which... That's annoying. Things got, yeah, things could get a little wild. And people dating producers and directors. And so I'm I'm really interested in this. Well, I put this this cassette in, and this is a uh, Buna Murray production. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is straight up, you know, MTV is the real thing. I put it in, and within 40 seconds, I'm like, oh, this is scripted. Oh, what? What a bummer. But they did a whole Blair Witch thing with it. Oh, that's annoying. Yes. Are you kidding? No. And as a matter of fact, Ugh. the very first review when I looked at IMDb is, wow, bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, you know, part of what we do on Sidewalk Home Video is to recommend or not recommend. And I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. I do not recommend this film. So what's the conceit? Are you ready? Yeah. So I'm going to say I don't recommend it, but I also want to tell you that I shut, it was unwatchable. Six minutes in, I was getting angry and I shut it off. So I never even got to what the actual story is. But okay. here it is. Here's the synopsis. And there is, uh, I was in long enough for there to be faux fighting. Sure. Which is so irritating. Yeah, like just yeah, watch yeah. the real world, y'all. They fight all the time. So here we go. Things get a little crazy when an obsessed fan who has been rejected during the audition process numerous times kidnaps the cast and brings them to a new house. Here, he films them using highly sophisticated camera equipment that is wired to explosives, just in case the cast doesn't play along. That sounds unwatchable. Unwatchable. Absolutely terrible. I didn't even get to, again, I didn't even get to the turnaround. I only got to the fact that it was so clearly scripted. And by the way, there are a few, a handful of cameos from actual real world participants. Sure. I don't have a whole lot more for you here. Wow. It's it's really irritating and hard to watch. And I, there isn't even any, there isn't a whole lot of information even out there on the web about it. I mean, this is, I've never even heard of this. So I guess it was quietly sort of released in as inconspicuous a manner as possible because they knew it was unwatchable maybe and it's sort of it's them parroting their own work but Mm. but they're also not really crossing any lines with that Mm. and so it's like a parody thriller it's miserable it's absolutely miserable shame on you buna murray you didn't have enough to do just do an actual another real world it's so irritating so it was it's listed as a tv special but I definitely have a VHS tape in hand. So at some point it was released out there and it was un- unleashed upon the world at some point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, the, I, I remember during the, the, the sort of reality television boom in the early 2000s, there was this movie called The Real Cancun. Yeah. And that's a different movie. And that and is actually unscripted. That's unscripted spring. Well, un, I'm uh, putting unscripted. Unscripted in, in quotes. It's, it's probably... My guess is I've seen it, and my guess is about as unscripted as The Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, as you know, is also kind of unscripted, but also kind of scripted. Yeah, some hard of, to say. Some of the scenarios were, let's say, contrived. I actually am going to go out on a limb right now uh-huh. and say something. Yeah. Very, very controversial. I actually think that last episode ever of The Hills, the last five minutes of The Hills, is absolutely brilliant. Uh, why? Do you know what happens? No. Of course, so, I don't. I barely know what happens. In I've seen the first I've seen ninety all hours episodes of the Hills. because it's really enjoyable because it's just the pacing is super strange. Sure, and it's just like really attractive women sitting on the beach, and one of them looks at the other and goes, "I need a facial." 
Yeah. And okay. then like like three minutes passes with just the sound of the waves before somebody speaks again. It's very strange. But no, the last the very last scene is uh, Brody Jenner saying something to Lauren Conrad. Sure. And so these are two maybe yep. people who you've seen on the cover of Us Weekly, Definitely. even though you may not recognize them. Remember their names. Yes, exactly. Um, so they it's him saying goodbye to her and then as she, as she drives off and the camera cuts back to him they move a, a flat from behind him so oh it's like a painted flat that, so you think he's actually standing on the street with i think the hollywood sign or something yeah. in the background or something like huh. that i can't remember exactly what the landscape is but it's a convincing land. you think he's actually standing there and they move the flat to reveal you know another street in la from behind him okay so it's almost like hey we were lying to you this whole Six seasons. Yeah, we're, I, I was, re- I was like, damn. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. That's like exit through the gift shop. Yeah, shit. It is uh, good. On, good for. I was like, kind of like good on you. Yeah. All right. That's kind of wild. All right. I, I so, mean, that has not inspired me to invest no, in six seasons I, I mean, of the hills. Again, if you want to, if if you if you aren't into what I just described, not really. And in fighting, and you know. There is some I, – I actually think that you would dig the Spencer Pratt shit because it's just so off the chain. Mm. He's he's a wild man that's just clearly – I don't think he's – I don't think it's scripted, but he's certainly performing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that some of that you would find really enjoyable, especially when he gets into crystals and starts laying crystals all over his body. <laughs> it's just – you can't – yeah. So that kind of shit is really good. So I actually think you would enjoy it, but you'd have to sift through a lot of that, you know, what are you doing? You'd have to sift through a shit ton of vocal fry to get to it. Not compelled to do that. So anyway, yes, the real Cancun, though, I think it's about as scripted as the hills, which hard to say what is what, but it's certainly not 100 percent, you know, reality television even. It's there's some narrative there to it, but I think a good bit of it is. You know, rip from the spring yeah. break headlines. I just remember when that movie came out, critics being like, well, cinema just died. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is the end of the world. Everybody's so quick to talk about cinema dying. And now has anybody talked about the real fucking Cancun in the last 30 years? Except no, for I us? mean, because it, it killed cinema. <laughs> okay. and, I mean, nobody's talked all about right, any movies right. since then. Uh, so, you know, the past 20 years have just been a wasteland, like tumbleweeds. Man, it would have had to be a whole lot better at what it's trying to do <laughs> for it to kill cinema. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of boring. Sure. Anyway, uh, so is the four minutes that I saw of the freaking real world, the lost season. Strong, not recommended. Not recommended this time. So we've got a new segment, and look, Brad's in here with us. Hey, Brad. How's it it's going? It's kind of crazy. So we're going to call this segment, I got really original with it already. Mm-hmm. Ready. Music, music, music. <laughs> you like it? Does it have exclamation points it does. after each music? I kept trying different names, and I was like, that's the one I like, actually. You know, I like just it. Just let's, let's keep it pure. It's descriptive. Simple. So I'm asking you, I'm going to ask you a question. This, this segment's going to have to do with, guess what? Music? Music, man. Nice. So I'm going to ask you all a question today. Okay. And I'm just going to go straight to the most obvious question, the one that that people are going to ask you out the gate when you're talking about music when it comes to movies. You want to guess what that is, Corey? What's the best one? Yeah, absolutely. The best music. And and Brad had a good question, which was... Score or soundtrack? Yeah. Yeah. So, And and I, I want to just put a little bit of a rein on this and say... 
that this has to be a film, in your opinion, and, and of course this isn't going on your tombstone, so you can change it. Mm-hmm. It has to be a film in which the score soundtrack really m- sort of pushes, pops the film up to the next level. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. You know, that it really impacts, not just is it a great soundtrack or a great score by itself, okay. but it really works with the film to bring the film up to another level. Yep. And so, what do you think? I'll let you start, man. Okay, well, I, I, I come with three... Shit. Examples of original scores. Brad, I'm Damn. pretty sure I said one, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah Cheater. but Cheater. you know, okay. As far as I'm concerned, these are the three finest original scores composed for film, and they are unquestionably Let's scores that bump their respective films up another level. Uh, number one, catch me on the right day, right day, and I might tell you that Bernard Herrmann's score for Psycho okay. is the best of all time. And I, you know, I, I'm coming at this. I just taught Psycho in my history of film class, so I just got to sit with that score. And obviously, the the one the piece of it that everybody remembers and that everybody parodies is, of course, during the shower sequence, screeching right, violins, sure. Marion getting stabbed. It's brilliant. It's it's brilliant. But every other cue sure. in that score is is moody in its own way, um, and it it just heightens the suspense in such a way that the, it it catapults that movie to the upper echelons of, of thriller and horror filmmaking. Um, probably, again, one of the finest, maybe the finest use of film music ever. Probably zero people are going to argue that. They, you know what I mean? Yeah, they better not. Sure. I, I don't think – I mean, I don't think I'm going to get too many arguments about my other two choices. Let's hear it. Um, Ennio Morricone – Often uh, thought of as, as again, one of the best composers in film history and his score for The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay. Frequently uh, used in beer commercials and everywhere else, but only because if you watch that movie, you can't help but notice that the score fucking rules and is the best. Right. Ecstasy of Gold. You have, of course, the classic theme that plays all throughout the, the, the whistling theme. Um, it's just incredible, right? And then I got to shout out my boy, Johnny Williams. Um, Johnny Williams, of course, course, one of the great composers. I'm not going to go. I mean, he's got, what, a cool dozen absolutely iconic scores. You could go with any Star Wars movie. You could go with the Indiana Jones theme. You could go with Jaws, which is my favorite movie of all time. So that wouldn't be a stretch. But I am actually Uh going to highlight... Uh, John Williams' work in another Steven Spielberg movie, and that Steven Spielberg movie is E.T. the Extraterrestrial, because I think that is John Williams' best score. And there are are cues in that score that by themselves have such an emotional impact on me as a film viewer, irrespective of what's going on on the screen. Right. Um, there, there is perhaps no more emotional and stirring piece of, of film music than uh, what happens at the climax when, spoiler alert, E.T. Uh, oh. goes back home and he's on the spaceship and it's taken off. And you have little Elliot uh, sitting there and the, the music reaches this triumphant, beautiful crescendo and then hard cut to credits directed by Steven Spielberg. And you have that wonderful piano version of the theme that kicks in. That is just magic. Yeah. So those are the three That's fair. that I think are kind of the three that I would put on my Mount Rushmore with a fourth 
to be determined. I don't know. Put Star yeah. Wars up there or some shit. I don't. I don't care. Uh, so, yeah. but those are the three that I got to go. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, so, what about you, Brad? Man, you I should have gone first. So, mine is much more. I realized that I took this as more of like a a, a personal like. I don't know. I, it wasn't I mean, so an argument I. for like this is like kind of objectively one of the best yeah. soundtracks or scores or whatever. So for me, it was the Danny Elfman, uh, um, Elliot Smith combo with Oh Goodwill Hunting. Good Hunting. God, okay. Miss Misery okay. is the fucking best. Yeah. The soundtrack to that film is so much yeah. better than the film. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But You're not even getting into this. Already. As, as I, I think in, we fought about this. Already. We we did. Yeah. As a musician and someone that was, you know, yeah. still in formidable, formidable years at that time, to me that was like a really cool. I loved hearing and because it didn't sound like Danny Elfman to me either. Right, I, right. it wasn't so bombastic right. and kind of like you know Simpsons theme type vibe. And to see that he could do that really like kind of tasteful, chill, yeah. almost yeah. in a good way, nondescript, and then the way they used it with. Well, there was like six Elliot Smith songs yeah. on that there's, soundtrack, something crazy like that. There's a like significant that. number. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough. And as someone that's like yeah. not as Bump big of a nerd for yeah. film as you guys are, like that was one of the first times I felt like I was really noticing like that marriage in a way that I thought was yeah. really cool. Great use of of music in that film too, because I there's a scene I teach in that in that film about the different sort of the different vibe that music can bring uh, when you think about it in a different way mm. and it's the it's the fight scene mm. yeah what, do you know what i'm talking about what is the song that's in the fight I scene? Song is, um, do not remember i should have looked it's almost up. like yacht rocky and i mm-hmm. can't remember everybody's gonna snap at it's me when juxtapos- i say that it's like two things kind of um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's incredible. Juxtaposed against each other, you know. Yeah, but that's kind of what the Elliot Smith is doing. Sure. Because it's not like you would think those two dudes are listening to Elliot Smith. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not absolutely. like that's their bedroom music. Sure. And yeah. so, I mean, it, it takes like a you know man like us, a gay man like Gus Van Zant, to kind of find that balance, probably between that toxic masculinity and this you know other sure. kind of masculinity. Um, but it's I think that's a brilliant soundtrack. Absolutely, I agree. I think that's a. Are you still looking for it? I'm still looking, and I can't quite. Baker Street. Is it's it the Baker song Street? Baker. It yeah, it is line. Baker Street. It's the song Baker yeah, Street. It is. So I'm sorry for yeah, calling that Yacht right. Rock, but it's eh, it's yeah. not that many steps away from Yacht Rock. But when you're watching somebody the get the shit pummeled out of them to Baker Street, it's like, wait, what's happening? Right. And so I do I do this thing in the sound class I teach too, where I, I take the opening of Raging Bull, which sadly most of my film students haven't seen, and I put the Foo Fighters. To, to that scene <laughs> and so and everybody's like fuck yeah this is awesome you know and i'm like is this what you think the original music is and they're like yeah and so then i play, play the, the original music which is yeah. so pretty and beautiful and feminine right. and they're like wait what and so they often think that i've messed up goodwill hunting and thrown baker street on there when it wasn't you that's, know that's, that's, that's hilarious so i'm gonna tell you that i similarly i went with stuff that was less about what should be in the canon and more what i what stuck with me and I have three, too, even though I said one. So I'm just going to okay. go ahead and tell you, though, that Valley Girl and Pretty in Pink, I know, I'm sorry, but those are incredible soundtracks. No no argument here. And You brought make, in the Valley Girl soundtrack, yes, and it, it rules. Every song on there is so amazing, and every song works with every scene. It's just perfect from the party scene to, like, I Melt With You, which is just like his I was soundtrack. Say, what are some of the, since I don't know it, like what are some of the songs? Spark, Sparks is on. Sparks has two songs on there, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Oh, wow. okay. And then, you know, Modern English, I Melt With You mm-hmm. is on there. And then um, I think there's a Go-Go song, wow. I believe. I mean, it, it's kind of wild when you go down the list. You're just like, 
Electric Avenue's on there. So yes. it's just, it's kind of like what, and I think what I was talking about before was that what you forget is when that soundtrack came out, those songs weren't like on the 80s on 8 now. Right, right, Like right, they right. are now. Yeah, you know, sure. they were sort of, they were, would have been a little bit of a deeper cut at that time, at least most of them. Hmm. And that's the film that actually made I'm Out With You super famous and blow up. Um, and so it's just a great soundtrack. And I mean, Pretty and Pink's great soundtracks. The Smiths, uh, Psychedelic Furs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just hit after hit after hit on there. Uh, and it also just is the texture of that film. That New Order song works almost like original music in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's sewing the prom yeah, dress sure. and all that shit. So to me, those are those films. What are those films without that soundtrack? You know, and it's just amazing. Psychedelic Fur is also on the Valley Girl soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. But I am, I'm actually, I thought, you know, I'm going to go a little off here and do something that isn't quite like me uh-huh. to point to a film that I absolutely love, soundtrack by musicians that I don't always love. Mm, As a matter of fact, there's a bunch of songs I can't can tolerate is by it, this. Is this ACDC's this. Maximum Overdrive soundtrack? No, but that rules. And I actually <laughs> never complain about ACDC. You can, you can throw some power chords at me any day. Sure, okay. But I oftentimes don't like Queen. I know oh, that's going to offend okay. some people. Now, Where is I, this going? Wait for it. Okay. I, I, Bohemian Rhapsody to me is miserable. Okay. I, I, it's one of those things that I'm like, technically, I'm sure it's brilliant. Sure. I get it. And fine. And watching him perform at, at Live Aid is like, what? That's like next level. Yeah. Like maybe one of the greatest mm-hmm. performances ever that we at least have recorded, right? In the history sure. of the world. Fine. I give that to them. But when when somebody stands up to do a Bohemian Rhapsody at karaoke, which somebody's always going to do, I am the person who's like, get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> I'm pissed, you know, yeah. and I don't want to hear it when it comes on. It's overplayed. Anyway, uh, this is not about me going on a Queen rant. This is me sure. actually saying the soundtrack to F- uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, it oh, whips. A 1980 okay. original soundtrack wow. by Queen. Flash! And, oh, he saved every one of us. It's it. This is the other Man, thing. Man, I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, it's I can't the best. hear a Queen song without hearing the soundtrack to Flash Gordon. It's All like right. so purely Queen that it's, it's, it's somehow it's almost like it's sampled in every one of their songs. It's like the texture of the sound of that band is the soundtrack to Flash Gordon. And it works so perfectly. And you know, uh, it's one of those where it's, it's sci fi, but it's retro sci fi. So there's mm-hmm. something about that blend of the past and the present with the soundtrack to Queen that just is the glue to all that. And it's, you know, unabashedly theatrical oh, and, sure. and campy as Queen could be. And as the film is. Yeah. So and they have like a football fight song that's that's perfect for the scene. I mean, it just I think that that is going to go to the top of the list with acknowledging, with all due respect, the other two that I mentioned. Yeah. Sure. All right. So I, I, can I ask you about Queen? Yeah. A little bit more. Yeah, sure so. Did you, is it purely the, I don't know where, where it exists in the zeitgeist as far as like a, like a, just an overplayed thing. And that's why you don't like them or you never really enjoyed them period. And so that just makes it worse. It makes it worse. I never really liked it. Like, okay. So crazy little thing called love. I like, Mm -hmm. right. And that doesn't feel like some of the other shit. Right. Um, But that was a hit and I love that. Another one bites the dust. I can remember playing that on the bus on my way home from school, right. like on a little cassette recorder before oh, I yeah. even had a pair of headphones, just being sure. like, I'm in the back of the bus listening to this <laughs> shit and it's awesome. And so that I love, but like what big bottom girls or whatever, fuck <sighs> off, <laughs> fuck off, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, fuck off. It's 20, like, and it's four songs for the price of one. I just needed right. one. That kind of shit just wears on me. And then like somebody to love is so stupid. I got, <sighs> I, I know I'm so sorry. I just can't stand it. So there's so I'm kind of half and half. 
Interesting. And I'm never going to go for a Queen deep cut, but that album, that soundtrack to fucking Flash Gordon, they got me. All right, yeah. fair enough. They I mean, got I had me. To, I had to call some audibles, and we don't have to talk about them, but I'm going to throw two like alternates of mine then. Yeah, yeah, two. yeah. Number one, for a... I was, I was in middle school and just learning, just had found Led Zeppelin, just started playing drums and guitar, and then the single soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That, that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whether, whether you like the music or not, sure. that was a fucking crazy like new rock and roll those bands weren't really big yet it was of the moment and that, al- yeah. that i actually think that allison chain song is Would. is yeah is really dark and really really solid like i think it's, that's a song that's that one has of their held best up songs and yeah. it's from a soundtrack yeah. like i'll still hear that today and it, it and it doesn't sound like some of the like no offense to anybody but some sound garden i'm just like shut up you know but it does it, it, it sort of <laughs> has held up sure. through time and i think because it's so it's so dark but somehow like, I don't know, fun. Just work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like dark, but fun in some way. Yeah. And like it brings all the drama in this way that I really yeah. appreciate. And then because of Twin Peaks, I, I mean, yeah. Battle oh, Mountain, yeah, like God. he's. You got you know, to. Yeah, you got to. I can't talk about my my youth and music and film and TV and all that kind right. of stuff without. without and you that hear guy. that and immediately go to that place. Yeah. It's so it's just so atmospheric in this way. It's I had, you know, it's on it's on a mix in our in our in between what do you call it like interlude music between oh, gotcha. screenings at yeah. the cinema yeah. i've done a playlist and there's a good bit of of twin peaks on there i need to look at that actually and so shift it good. up a little bit but i was in there the other day and a twin peaks song came on and i was just like oh my god this is like not to pat myself on the back for putting this little soundtrack together but this is the perfect Pat-a-way. fucking music that's to go brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. watch in a, in a space that's about cinema you know and of course we just lost Angelo Battlement yeah. yeah. a couple of weeks ago now. Um, which Was is, it just been a couple of weeks? May, I, I've lost all concept of It might be a month. It might be a month. It, it, be a month. Long, it has yeah. not You're been right. that long. Um, and, and that inspired me to listen to the to the soundtrack for Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, mm-hmm. which yeah. is just astounding. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, so good. good. Well, cool. That gets that gets that question out of the way. And uh, we'll look forward to talking more about music, music, music. See what I did there? Hell yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast where your own personal cinematic Marjorie Taylor Greene and Prez Biden. Mm. <laughs> her walking. Okay, I'll, you know what? I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the bullet. I'll do it. I'll be her. Because her. Uh. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't say this with pride. I simply say it because her walking around the White House or whatever with that freaking that white balloon. Yeah. Come on. I mean, she got the attention she do- so desperately <laughs> craves uh that's for sure uh, you know uh, what i can't have to say neither one are ideal are they uh, you know given the choice between <laughs> the two though i think there's a pretty clear uh choice oh, i can't i can't argue that but here never don't say i didn't do you a favor okay because i'm doing you one and i'm taking it i i set us up for this so i'm doing it i'm gonna do the rest of this outro in the style of of president biden let's hear though. it oh come on guys we got to say goodbye to this podcast. We're wrapping up this podcast. We're all Americans. Wrapping up this podcast now. This is not Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> this is the function that you serve on this podcast <laughs> to essentially rebut this, my State of the Union address in real time. But you know what? Time. When, when I, I, watch, I, I think I'm poorly behaved at work a lot. 
Like I'm a <laughs> fucking baby. You know, I'm like everything they say that like any stereotype that you might see of a creative director where it's like, you know, that's me like a giant fucking child. And I get mad about shit and emotional about shit. And I watch something like the state of the union. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like as professional as fuck. <laughs> you know, you've heard me on this podcast y'all. And I looked at that and thought, I'm, fucking professional you should get elected to congress <laughs> i think that's what we've learned here today oh, let me go get my white balloon and get out of here well thanks to boutwell studios come you're on you're welcome come on guys. come on <laughs> at come sidewalk on, man. film uh sidewalkfest.com uh where you can buy tickets to the festival which you should do because inflation is going down and the job market is healthy and we're all americans okay all right man we're all americans here i grew up in scranton and we didn't have an independent cinema like that. I, I'm just going yeah, to. I, I can't do it. Let's just, yeah. Uh, let's call it a day. You guys get it. Sidewalkfest.com. Um, maybe the president will be there. Who knows? You Buy never a ticket know. and find out. You never know. We'll definitely have some white balloons. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.